this is John Dawson of Patio Daddio Barbecue in Boise, Idaho, and I've got it locked on the 50,000 gigawatt blowtorch of the internet that is Barbecue Central. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Okay. Well, do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Barbecue Central Show. It's the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. Originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here. If you see fit to join in the show tonight, more than happy to have you a phone call and email. That's all it takes to get in touch with me. And if you want that contact info, I'm happy to oblige. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you get the newsletter. By the way, if you're just tuning in for the first time or you don't really listen and pay attention to the open that I talk about each and every week on the show, you can go to my website and sign up for the newsletter. It's not something that I send out 18 times a week and spam your ass and try and get you to buy in stuff or get your info and then in turn sell it to some company that's going to barrage you with Viagra ads and grill ads and all of this stuff. It's merely a once a week release right around lunchtime, noon Eastern, giving you a heads up on what's going to happen on the show later that evening from time to very seldom time. If there is a deal from a show sponsor that is too good to pass up, that I need to press out to you prior to a show on a Tuesday, I will also make use of that. But anybody subscribe to that list, if they're being honest, how many times has that happened even in the last two or three years? Once? It's just a heads up. For signing up, I give you my homemade barbecue sauce recipe. I think all you have to do is just give me an email. You don't have to put your name if you want to. Maybe it is a name and email. It's a combination of some names and some emails, and as a thank you, you get my homemade barbecue sauce recipe, which from all accounts, not just my account, is fast. It's fantastic. Vinegary, finish, not smoky or anything like that. So if that's your bag, my homemade sauce, it's maybe a good base that you can then change. If you're looking for a blueprint, my sauce, good blueprint, good structure, then you can go ahead and do whatever you want with it from there. It is the second Tuesday of the month, so you know what that means. The creator of the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website on the face of the earth, Meathead from AmazingRibs.com, will join me 
bunch of different things to talk about. Specifically, we will revisit pastrami. We will also revisit corned beef. I believe St. Patrick's Day is coming up quickly. I'm not a huge St. Patrick's Day guy for any number of reasons, but I know most people are. So we'll talk about corned beef, pastrami, differences, how to prepare, techniques, best ways to serve, what kind of bread you want to make, what kind of toast you want to do, what kind of mustard you want to be using, sauerkraut. We're going to hit it all. We'll also talk about lamb. We will also talk about there was something else. Well, it escapes the mind, but lots of things to get to with Meathead, AmazingRibs.com in the first hour. That's it. Then we'll move to the second hour. He is a social media maven, part of Team Big Green Egg, and a pro staffer at Me Church. Friend of this show. He was on close of last year. Jack Arnold will be joining me. We will be talking with Jack specifically about social media security in a very grandiose way, not to give it all away in the open, but we will uh, talk a little bit about that, recount his tragedy of 2019, which ended up being okay, but still a tragedy as it was happening. We'll also talk about some burger preparation. If you follow Jack on Instagram, you know he has dabbled in the burger making situation, getting pretty good at it, Jack. Also, we'll talk about Terrace Major Cuts. You just started getting into that. We've got some classes that are coming up this weekend. So if you were lucky enough and forward-thinking enough to sign up for one of those, we'll give you a little insight on what you can expect as a consumer and a student of one of his classes. And there may or may not be some type of NASCAR appearance during his second-hour appearance as well. So there you have it. Meathead first hour, Jack Arnold second hour Get in if you want in, 216-220-0966, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. I encourage you, if you have questions for Meathead specifically, just go ahead, lob the phone call. I'll put you on. We'll interrupt whatever we're talking about. You can just ask your question, and away you go. I know nobody's actually going to call in. However, I feel obligated to at least put that invitation out to you. We'll put you up. We will answer your questions. If you're being funny, we'll also hang up on you and make fun of you without being able to defend yourself. I hope you do that. So if you want to jump in, happy to have you. All right, let me start here. Because I certainly know that this show affords me some opportunities that not everyone gets to experience. For instance, meeting cool people, talking to cool people in the industry, the list goes on. This past weekend, My oldest daughter and I were in one of my favorite cities in the land, Louisville, Kentucky, for a volleyball tournament. The bluegrass was taking place, as it always does this time of year. And Saturday night, we were invited over to have dinner with the owners of Pit Barrel Cooker, Noah and Amber Glanville. And I want to thank them both for hosting us. We had a great time. Hung out for uh, the better part of three-plus hours or so. And again, had a great time. They have a great home, lots of pit barrel cookers at the ready, of course. Their two sons, Easton and Max, fantastic young men. Uh, State ranked, uh, actually Easton is a state champion wrestler in his age bracket. Max, a state ranked seventh, I believe, overall in his age bracket. 
In fact, they commandeered Bobby when we got there to show her all of their boy items, masks, Nerf guns, trampolines, all that stuff that boys do. I don't I didn't have boys, so I don't know what the boy stuff is really like. Here's the point of the story. As you have seen, if you follow me on the Twitter and Instagrams, I had lamb for the very first time. And let me tell you, this has been an absolute travesty of my lifetime as I look back. I wish I had gotten on the lamb train well before this past weekend, but I can tell you that I am firmly on that train now and going forward. If you have not tried it, the lamb I had at the Glanville residence was purchased from Costco, so it wasn't some exotic line coming in from France or wherever it is you get lamb. Easily accessible to anyone that has a Costco by them. Simply seasoned, I believe it was the big gang, big game rub from Pit Barrel Cooker, and then on one of the pit barrels until like 130 degrees or so, medium rare, let's call it. And I have to tell you, simply delicious. And I know it was good. Because my daughter Bobby took a bite off the bone that I was trying initially and then polished off four or five more bones on her own. So it was good. So thanks again to Noah and Amber, Easton, Max for introducing us to Lamb and having us out to their place this past Saturday. Great time. Now, during the dinner conversation, as we're all gathered around the table, inevitably we're talking about how bad steaks can be at restaurants. And their oldest son, Easton, was recounting the last experience they had at a restaurant uh, eating steak. And he came up with a term that I will now be using on this show when I refer to a bad piece of beef. So if you hear me drop the phrase cave cow, just know that it is not a good thing. If I say your meat was like cave cow, I might be trying to pass off something other than saying that beef sucks. But know that cave cow is not a good thing. And my man Easton was eating a steak at this restaurant, and Noah asked him how it was. And Easton said, Dad, it tasted like this cow went into a cave and died alone. I shortened it to cave cow. But, I mean, what a brilliant description. The steak was so unimpressive that Easton thought this cow went off into a cave alone and then died. And then the beef folks found it and served it up at the restaurant. (laughs) Awesome. Cave cow. Let's get it to trend. Cave cow. Bad piece of beef? Dude, that's cave cow, man. Hashtag cave cow. Easton, thank you for that term, my friend. All right, before we get to Meathead, let me talk to you quickly about Matt Eads and the new Grill Seeker book. It's a great book. Doing great on the pre. I know this because it premiered on the Amazon as number one release in the barbecue and grilling section. It's called Grill Seeker Basic Training for Everyday Grilling. Let me tell you a little bit about the author. From the battlefields of Afghanistan, Iraq, Somalia, and Bosnia to his state-of-the-art outdoor kitchen, Matt Eads is looking to unite people through grilling. No matter our race, gender, sexual orientation, cultural upbringing, socioeconomic standing, political affiliation, cooking over live fire brings people together. Differences get set aside. That's why you should be pre-ordering your copy of Grill Seeker, basic training for everyday grilling right now. 
The focus of Grill Seeker is to show readers that gourmet grilling doesn't have to be just a weekend activity. With Matt's tips and tricks, you can craft amazing meals and create amazing memories for friends and family every night of the week. The memories and the camaraderie the grilling has created for Matt, dating back to his teen years and throughout his time in the Marines, follow fuel his desire to spread his passion for outdoor cooking. They're also the reason he started the United by Flame movement on social media. You can follow that with the hashtag United by Flame. Great recipes. I talk to you about them each and every week. You got the garlic-infused ricotta crostini with the grilled grapes. Nashville hot chicken grilled style. How about those grilled peach boats with mascarpone ice cream? Also, as I mentioned just a few seconds ago, don't forget the hashtag United by Flame movement. Head to grillseeker.com at the very top of the site above their logo. Click on the United by Flame link and then check out the page. Don't forget, you can send a picture of yourself grilling at the grill or barbecuing at the pit. Send it to Matt. He'll share it on his page. And now you are a bonafide member of the hashtag United by Flame movement. Again, the book over at, grill, uh, over at Amazon.com is Grill Seeker Basic Training for Everyday Grilling. As a shortcut, you can head to my website, click on the Grill Seeker logo or in the sponsor links as well, and it'll take you right there. You can pre-order it up. April 9th, it's ready to drop. Meathead is ready to drop coming up out of the break. Stick around. Be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue. Makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, and grilling oils. All of Butcher Barbecue products tested on the competition circuit as well as backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood, the king of your cul-de-sac, and visit ButcherBBQ.com right now. Always trust your butcher. The second Tuesday of the month brings a visit from the guy who created AmazingRibs.com. We race to the hotline and welcome back friend of the show, Meathead. Hey, hey, Meathead. Hey, Greg. Hello, Centralites. How's the uh, rock star of the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city? We are rocking and rolling, as always, Meathead. And we've had some topics that we want to kind of recover. We hit them every so often, especially as St. Patrick's Day rolls around. But before we get into any of that, you know, two years ago, oh, man, was it two? Was it three years ago? I think we had this conversation when you were on last month when we were sucking back that big magnum of silver oak when I was in Chicago for a volleyball tournament. Maybe that's going on three years. But you had mentioned specifically, and it stung in my brain, that if you have properly cooked lamb, this is something that literally can change your life. I didn't doubt you. I didn't have lamb that night we were at the Weber restaurant. And as I left, it just, it's just not, 
maybe almost like turkey. You hear about it. You don't really cook it a lot, but lamb doesn't really have a Thanksgiving, I guess. But it just wasn't on the top of my brain. And then lo and behold, I'm in Louisville, Kentucky this past weekend at Noah Glanville's house, owner of Pit Barrel Cooker. And he had two, I guess, racks of lamb that you ended up like cutting in the little chops. And I have to tell you, simply prepared, medium rare to internal temperature. And when I sank my teeth into that first bite, I immediately thought of you and how this was what we were going to be leading with coming in on Tuesday. So I'm obviously not telling you anything that you don't already know, but for the folks that aren't experienced with lamb, let's hit on that just a little bit, uh, what you should be looking for, where you should buy it, and then your favorite ways of prep. Well, I got to tell you, Greg, if you're a red meat lover, if you love beef, you're going to love lamb if you get the right cut and you cook it properly. If you placed me equidistant between a rack of lamb and a beef ribeye, I would die of starvation trying to decide which one to eat first. Ribeye steak comes from the the, the loin primal. Uh, the rib primal, and a rack of lamb is the exact same cut, only it's a lot smaller. There's eight bones, and you cut between the bones, and you get these little lollipops, and they're very small, but they're essentially ribeye steaks from the lamb, and they are as tender and juicy. They do taste a little different than beef, but they're very similar to beef, and if you're thinking they're going to be gamey, you're wrong. Um, ribeye steaks and ribeye or lamb loin chops, uh, uh, ra- ra- rather rack of lamb chops, um, are just spectacular and equally wonderful. And you cook them the same way, medium rare. Um, use a simple rub. You can go with straight salt and pepper. A lot of people like rosemary and garlic on them. I've got a couple of rub recipes on AmazingRibs.com that work great on lamb. But they're fantastic, Uh, absolutely fantastic. A lot of people think lamb tastes awful because they had it when they were young and they had probably had mutton, which is old lamb. What does that mean, old lamb? Like uh, old in age, like an an old lamb? No, it's from an older animal. Okay. It's from a mature animal. Um, if you go back down to Kentucky and head over to um, Western Kentucky, where they do lamb shoulder like they do pork butt and many other places, you're getting mutton. You're getting mature animal, and it's cooked to 200 degrees. It's pulled, and it's, it's a whole different animal. And it's a whole different taste sensation. The two best cuts on the lamb are the rack of lamb, which is the same thing as a uh, a rib primal, um, which typically on a on a steak on a, on a beef uh, is seven bones. On a lamb, it's eight bones, mm-hmm. and they're little tiny rib bones. And you can cut between them, and you've got these tomahawk chops. But the tip, the trick is, is to cut them every second bone. So you have double wide, double thickness, and then they're about an inch and a half to two inches thick. And you grill those up, and it's just like grilling up a beefsteak. They're phenomenal. Now, lamb fat, 
Meet Meathead, let me interrupt you for a second. Do you yeah. want to take a phone call? Yeah. Let's do this. You're on the air with Meathead. You're on the air with Meathead. Meathead. Yeah. Yeah. Who is this? Um, this is from North Carolina. Hey. hey. Uh, are you still with Meathead? Yeah, go ahead. Do you have a question? Yeah. Um, I'm a fan of the uh, Yiddos. Yeah. So how do we, uh, is that uh, a roast or what? Okay. Um, touch on it quickly. Gyros is ground lamb. Typically, it's ground lamb, ground beef, and ground pork, all mixed together into what is essentially a meatloaf. Mm. And it's put on a vertical rotisserie, and it's cooked in front of a gas flame. And it rotates and it rotates. And in the restaurant, they take a thin knife, and they slice just the brown surface and they keep slicing just the brown surface so you get that crusty bit. It is something I have tried to perfect for the backyard barbecue, and it's really hard to do on a regular rotisserie, which is horizontal, because it's ground meat. It's like trying to put a meatloaf onto a rotisserie. It <laughs> sags and it falls off. On a vertical rotisserie, it works. And I've seen guys who have jury-rigged a rotisserie gizmo, so it sits vertical. I'm still playing with it, um, uh, but it's basically a, a, a mixed meat meatloaf hmm. cooked on a vertical rotisserie. It's served with a tzatziki sauce, which is yogurt and uh, um, mint and a few other things. It's wonderful. I love it. I believe it was invented here in Chicago. I'm not 100% sure, but uh, it's a lot of fun, and it does have lamb in it, but it usually is not pure lamb. All right, so you were talking about double wide uh, chops before the yeah. gentleman called it. These are these are these are rack of lamb chops. Yep. So visualize just a you know like a um, a, a beef ribeye, a whole rib roast, only smaller, eight bones. I would say an eight bone loin chop is maybe eight inches. Um, and uh, you 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 you, ha you have to trim off the fat. This is important. Lamb fat is kind of funky fat. <laughs> it is odd tasting hmm. so you trim off most of the fat i don't like it as well as beef fat um and you don't have to worry about marbling because this is a very small young animal and it's just really tender really delicious and you don't need um to have a lot of marbling in it hmm. so you trim off all the exterior fat now the other cut that's really worth paying attention to is the lamb loin chops, which are essentially um, um, porterhouse steaks. Mm. They have a T-bone in them, and on one side is the tenderloin muscle, and the other side is the strip steak. And these you can get, and they're usually an inch and a half thick. Oh. And uh, these little T-bones are no bigger than your fist. They're really small, and um, you cook them really hot and fast. And I, I have a, another recipe I do for them, a very quick marinade in uh, balsamic and oil and uh, um, 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 uh, garlic and rosemary, uh, and they're fantastic. Uh, Meathead, from a meat selection or a, a lamb selection, is this something 
that is akin to some of the beef that we're seeing out now? Are there different grades or what you find at Costco is going to be just as good as if you get it somewhere else? No, it hasn't gone that um, uh, that uh, specialized yet. I'm sure there are different breeds of lamb. I'm sure. Usually lamb is um, a spring dish, um, spring lamb. Uh, a lot of it comes up from New Zealand. Uh, they're famous for their lamb down there. Um, you said there's not like turkey for Thanksgiving. But lamb is traditional in many homes for Easter, Easter and right. Passover, right. which are both spring dinners. Um, in fact, lamb is prescribed as part of the Jewish Passover, hmm. although most of the time it's pot roast or something else. But um, the, there's one other cut of lamb that's worth discussing, and then another, and that's the leg of lamb. And the leg of lamb is is a lot like a, a pork ham, um, and um, it can be. It's about the size of a small football. Yep, um, and it has a bone running through it. It also has what's called the H bone, which is a hip bone, and you can roast it bone in, or you can try to take it out. If you take it out, you get this kind of big floppy thing that you can stuff and roll up, or you can put all kinds of herbs in it and roll it up. And again, these things, but all three of these cuts: the um, the rack of lamb, the uh, loin chops, and the leg of lamb are best medium rare to medium. Um, reddish to pink, 130 degrees to 135 for medium rare, 135 to 140 for medium, um, and uh, um, they're absolutely spectacular. Uh, a, a great thing to do with them is a board sauce. If you don't know what a board sauce is, go to AmazingRibs.com and look up board sauce. But basically, it's a bunch of chopped up herbs and some olive oil that you throw on your cutting board, and then you cut the meat on top of it and roll it around in it. And it's shocking. The, the, the herbs and stuff don't take over. They really mellow with it. But um, really, if you've just been skeptical or been afraid of lamb, just go get a rack of lamb yes. or some loin chops. Um, the leg of lamb is a bit of a commitment. It's a big hunk of meat. It's probably five pounds or something. Uh, but uh, a rack is enough for three, four people. Well, so. there were f- three, four, six of us at dinner last um, last Saturday. He had two full racks of lamb. And he also had three strip steaks that he cooked on the pit barrel cooker as well. But, uh, you know, his sons are meat eaters, that's for sure. And I think yeah. uh, between the six of us, we got through everything almost all the way to the end. So. You know, I'd say a couple racks of lamb for a family of five that might not be tremendously big meat eaters in general. You're probably going to have some left over. Even. There's one more thing, one more lamb cut that I should talk about, and that's ground lamb. Mm. And you can also find lamb patties in a lot of grocery stores, and it's just lamb hamburgers. And they're wonderful. Um, I, I just do the dumbest, simplest thing known to man. My local groceries sell them. Already patted out, maybe half inch to three quarters of inch thick, six ounces, maybe seven ounces. I just take them out. I give them a sprinkling of salt and garlic powder on both sides. Hmm. And then I just grill them off, and that garlic powder kind of singes and gets crunchy. And I serve it on a pita bread with a tzatziki sauce, which is really easy to make. It's made with yogurt, but you can do it with ketchup if you like. And I absolutely adore lamb burgers. 
Uh, again, I have recipes for all of these on AmazingRibs.com. I'm a huge lamb fan, and if you've been skeptical or afraid, you got to try this stuff. All right, two quick questions. One, do you have a side of the fence that you stay on when it comes to mint and lamb? Well, not mint jelly. Um, a lot of people serve mint jelly. There's, when I was young, which was a long time ago, I'm, I'm, I'm closing in on 70. Um, when I was young, lamb was always served well done. Um, it was always, it was almost always mutton from wasn't, an older animal. Wasn't everything well done back then, Meathead? <laughs> yeah, really, really. It was kind of funky and it was often served with mint jelly. I mean, jelly. I mean, really, would you serve a steak with any kind of a jelly? Never. No. Um, uh, and, and that was typical. I, and people like it. I'm not going to condemn them for it. But now, chopped mint in a tzatziki sauce is common, and it works. You know, basil is related to mint, mm -hmm. and it's a similar character and flavor. You could use basil if you prefer. Um, mint does seem to – the flavors that seem to be standard – are rosemary, garlic, mint, mint not not jelly, but mint, mint leaves, um, and they're really common with the sauce. Also, another traditional technique is you'll get a rack of lamb, which is eight bones wide, maybe eight inches long, and people will coat it with mustard and then um, uh, uh, put a um, uh, breadcrumbs all around it, mm. and then they'll roast it or grill it that way. Um, and those breadcrumbs get really crunchy, and you can use seasoned breadcrumbs if you wish. Meathead from AmazingRibs.com talking about lamb. The second question that I wanted to have, and I'm only asking this because the country's most renowned purveyor of meat, Pat Lafrida, said on this show a number of months ago, and you had mentioned it, uh, that lamb is typically brought in from New Zealand. He Often said, is. He said New Zealand lamb is the worst lamb that you can possibly get. Agree or disagree? I've not had a lot of it to be able to make such a pronunciation. I'll <laughs> bow to the wisdom of Pat Lafrida. I have had um, New Zealand lamb and liked it. Um, but there's a lot of lamb that comes in from Colorado, the western states. Um, lamb, you know, um, Kentucky used to be the number one lamb producer in the country. Mm. Um, and um, it was a huge lamb state for many, many years. Um, so um, I wouldn't worry too much about the provenance, where it comes from, um, what it's fed. Don't even worry about marbling. It's a young animal. It's small. The meat is always tender. It's always juicy. Just go get a rack of lamb or loin chops. Mm -hmm. Loin chops are porterhouse steaks or T-bones, rack of lamb, our ribeyes, and um, if you want, if you've got a big crowd, um, get a, a leg of lamb. But first try the smaller cuts to make sure you like it. You will love it. Is there any credence at all to if you don't properly cook it or there's something that you can do it in a cooking process that will evoke a gamey flavor, or is that complete BS? You know, the flavor in... In meats, not just lamb, beef, uh, pork, often is directly related to what they're fed. Hmm. I mean, I've had, you know, so-called grass-finished beef that has eaten a lot of sage, 
um, wild sage, you know, sagebrush rolling around in Texas. And you can you can taste it. It, it what happens is is these herbs and, and greenery that they eat um, gets into the fat and it flavors the fat and you can taste it in the fat. So where the lamb is raised, what it's fed, maybe there are lamb aficionados out there who will say, oh yeah, you got to have lamb on fescue or, <laughs> uh, or, or, or something like that. I've never, I just, I'll eat it all, man. I, in fact, I've had this conversation with my niece, one of my wife's nieces. She and her husband, high school teachers, are bringing their kids over in another couple of weeks because we were talking about lamb, and they said they've never, like you, they've never really had it, yeah. and I'm cooking lamb for them. And I know they're going to do backflips because they're beef eaters. Absolutely. Uh, we're talking with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Meathead, hold on one second here, and then we will... Pick up the conversation for pastrami and corned beef as we are getting ready to roll into St. Patrick's Day here very shortly. Uh, first, I will talk to you about the Barbecue Guru, longest sponsor of this show, and they have always believed that outdoor cooking can be easy and fun, especially with the Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition Grill. The Monolith is the world's first temperature-controlled smoker, and it has a built-in power draft fan. This means smarter control, greater freedom with automatic temperature control. Easily choose your cooking time and temperature and let the monolith do the work of a sous chef or a barbecue pit master with minimal effort. You now have oven-like precision at the grill. You can serve the tastiest, juiciest meals each and every time. Again, if you are looking at the monolith as a ceramic cooker. So if you're looking at ceramic cookers right now, you are a fan of the Guru products. This cooker already has a power draft fan in it. Right in the bottom. If you have a controller already, all you have to do is run the controller down to the bottom of the fan. And away you go. If you want to upgrade the tech, certainly up to you. You go to bbqguru.com and check out everything that they have to offer. If you have any questions, call them 800-288-GURU and ask them all your questions. They will answer them. Then you can be 100% confident as that order is shipped out to you. Again, the website, bbqguru.com or the phone number 800-288-GURU. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. We are back with pastrami and corn beef talk with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Stand by. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content. In an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. And this portion of the show is being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets. For all of your pellet-driven cookers, a vast array of flavors for you to peruse and try. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase in lieu of buying at cookandpellets.com, you can also do it at amazon.com as well. Chris Becker and the good folks over at Cook and Pellet. As we are rejoined by Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Any other lamb stuff that we want to tie up before we get into the pastrami and corned beef? Yeah, there's one more thing I should point out. Okay. Lego lamb is like um, a, uh, uh, a ham or even a, a shoulder. Um there's a number of different muscles and there's a lot of sinew and 
connective tissue in there. And something that's fun to do with that is to just carve it up into chunks and use it um, um, uh, like uh, kebabs. Now, I'm not a big fan of putting things on a spear and rotating it and stuff. I hear you. Uh, I like to just take big chunks of meat and throw it on the grill and roll them around individually and pull them off individually. I'm a thermometer guy. I check all their temps so they don't overcook. But you can take lamb, leg of lamb, and cut it up into like two-inch chunks. Give it a good seasoning rub, your favorite, or one of the ones that I have on our website. Uh, you can use my recipes. And uh, just roll them around and get them dark on the outside and rosy in the center, and they're delicious. Um, in western New York, um, in the Binghamton area, Binghamton. they're famous wow. for speedies, which is an Americanization of the word speedini, which is an Italian grilled kebab type thing. Yep. And... Um, um, they're, they're lamb chunks, typically, that have been marinated in oil and vinegar with a lot of oregano and other seasonings. And Western New York speedies are a lot of fun. Uh, I lived in Ithaca, New York, for many years and uh, ate my share of speedies. And uh, they're huge at the New York State Fair up in Syracuse. Um, but you can make your own. And I also I have a good speedies recipe on our website. As we dovetail into corned beef and pastrami, Anybody made lamb strami before? You know, I haven't. You I bet it'd be good. Would that be good? I bet it'd be good. Hmm. All right. Well. I've made goose pastrami, and that is wonderful. Hmm. All right. All right let's let's let, let let's let's dive in. Let's go. Let's okay. start. Let's start with corned beef first, because I don't th- right. I don't not think that people are going to have pastrami, but I think corned beef kind of rules the day as we talk about St. Patrick's. It does, and it shouldn't. <laughs> corn, corned beef is a hunk of beef that has been corned, and corning is just a process of curing. And um, typically in this country, it's brisket. Uh, often it's a cut called navel. Navel's kind of iffy. Uh, there's a lot of connective tissue and fat and sinew in there. Um, but brisket, you know what brisket's like, most everyone out there. Um, it corns up nicely or it cures. It takes like up to a week. It has to soak in a curing liquid, a brine with um, prog powder number one, which is a salt with a preservative, which turns it pink. It's the same stuff that makes hot dogs pink. And uh, um, it's uh, uh, that's what makes corned beef pink. Um, and you can make it yourself at home. I have the technique and the recipe on our website. It's hugely popular, and uh, it's been ripped off and imitated on many websites. Hmm. Um, um, if you buy corned beef, you can get your choice, usually if you're careful. They come in packages, usually three pounds, flat or point. Yep. You know which one to buy. The point. Absolutely. The flat does make really nice, neat slices, but the point is the fattier of the two and therefore the more flavorful of the two. Um, sometimes they're combined. You get the point on top of the flat. And when you do, watch, because just like with a regular beef brisket, there's a very thick layer of fat between the two of them, so you're paying a lot for the fat. So inspect your package as best you can. 
and pick whether you want nice, nice, even slices. Go for the flat. You want flavor, go for the point. If you've got a combo of the two of them, um, you're going to be getting a lot of fat. Beware of that. Now, it comes usually in a cryovac or a plastic um, envelope, and in there is the brine, the curing liquid, and often a lot of herbs and spices. But as we have proven and demonstrated, those things do not penetrate very far. It's the salt that does it. It's the salt that makes it. And usually it's very salty. And it's a really good idea to desalinate this piece of meat somewhat to make it better. A lot of people just throw it in boiling water. Don't boil it. Mm. Simmer it. Get the temperature of the water down to 190. You can use your meat thermometer just for this. You want little bubbles, not big bubbles. And you, when you get those big bubbles, boiling temperature, it's just going to shrink it up. It's going to form a cup. It's going to squeeze out all the moisture. And yeah, even though you're simmering it or boiling it in liquid, you can dry it out. Hmm. People don't understand. When you make a stew, you can make it really dry by overcooking it or by cooking it too hard. So keep the temperature down around 190, little tiny bubbles, simmer it. It'll tenderize it and change the water a couple of times. Um, that will pull off some of the salt. Um, it'll be much better if you do that. Now, a lot of people also throw in the meat, the carrots, the potatoes, and the cabbage all at once. That's a mistake. Mm. Throw the meat in and let it go for a while. Um, change the water a couple of times. Keep the water around 190. Bring the meat up to about 190 or 410 temperature, a couple of hours at a simmer temp. And then, just about an hour before dinner, throw in the carrots and the potatoes. They'll take a little longer than the cabbage, but don't put them in until just an hour or so before serving. That will tenderize them, but it won't turn them into mush. And then a half hour at the most before serving, throw the cabbage in there, and that also will tenderize it, flavor it, but won't turn it into mush. And those are the secrets. And I, again, I have the recipe and the technique all in detail on AmazingRibs.com. And just to be clear, when you're talking about changing out the water two or three times, you're talking about during the cooking process? Yeah, yeah. Bring it up to a simmer. Let it simmer for 30, 40 minutes. Then take out, the, take the pot, dump the water out, put some more hot water in, put it back on the simmer, and let it go some more. And I'd say at least twice. It really pulls a lot of the salt out of there. You you'll, you can see. I mean, the water gets very cloudy, mm -hmm. um, uh, and 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 a lot of that is uh, heavily impregnated with salt. Uh, finish temperature wise, what are you looking at? Yeah, you're going up to about the simmer temp around right, 190. Whatever you're simmering at, it's going to come up to that temp. It, it's going to after a while, it'll just come up to the water temp, and that's a good temp. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's like a brisket. Uh, in the 190 to 200 range, it's going to be just fine. All right, so that's corned beef. Then there's pastrami, uh, so similar but very different. All right, I'm going to say something that are probably going to get half your listeners to hang up and go listen somewhere else. All right, can't wait. Here we go. Sorry about that, Greg. That's fine. But I believe the ultimate expression of the beef brisket, which is the pectoral muscles of the steer, is not Texas brisket. It's pastrami. Wow. Look at you making a bold statement. My God. Now, a lot of pastrami you buy in the deli counter 
is made from the rump or the, you know, the, the back leg, and that's very lean. But the best pastrami is made from the brisket, and it's first corned. Basically, pastrami is corned beef that's been smoked. But the secret is, is in the rub. Now, pastrami lovers worship Katz's delicatessen in lower Manhattan. Yep. Katz's has been there since the 1880s. They've been smoking brisket to make pastrami since the 1880s nonstop. Now, I know one of your sponsors is a really good Texas um, uh, brisket cook, also famous for their sausages. Southside Market since 1882. Southside Market, and yep. I love them to death. Yep. And they were founded a little before Katz's. Hmm. But they went out of business for a period of time. So they were have not been continuously making brisket. Hmm. So I say, technically... The oldest barbecue joint in America is owned by a bunch of Southside Manhattan Jews. Cat's Deli. Look Cat's at this. Deli. Wow. And their 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 pastrami is god awful good. Hmm. Um, they have they they make it right. They do it right. It's hand sliced, no machine slicing. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of fun. This is the restaurant that um, um, uh, when when Harry met Sally, uh, you know. They, Sally faked orgasm on the camera. Uh, Billy Crystal and uh, what, what's her, what's the woman's name? Uh, uh, Meg Ryan, I think, is what you're looking for. But I don't I don't seem to recall that scene specifically. Can you give us uh, a little bit of a of a no of, I'm not. A, of a mind jog? Maybe <laughs> let's hear it. No, it was Rob Reiner, the other meathead, uh, directed that movie. <laughs> yeah. Meg, and, Meg uh, Ryan was the girl, right? Uh, who? Meg Ryan. That's it, Meg Ryan. Of course. Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan, they're sitting, the, and they still have a little sign over the table. This is the table they sat at, and you can eat there. Um, and, and, and she fakes orgasm, and the woman in the background is looking there, is an older woman, looking at her going, oh, oh, oh. And she finally looks over. The waiter comes by, and she says, I'll have what she's having. <laughs> that, was, that was Rob Reiner's mother. Really? <laughs> so, but... Uh, their 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 pastrami is fantastic, and so I studied them. I'd go in there and I'd order and I'd study and I called them. I interviewed the chef, and I have the rub pretty close to the real deal, and that's the secret. Mm. And the rub recipe on AmazingRibs.com, and if you follow my technique, people all the time say it's every bit as good as Katz's or better. I call it close to Katz's pastrami. It may be the best recipe I've ever created. Mm. It may be the best recipe on AmazingRibs.com. If you like corned beef, take it one step beyond. Use this rub. Smoke it. Follow my procedure. Make pastrami. If you love Reuben sandwiches, which I are do. made with corned beef, I love it. make them with pastrami. Mm. You'll go straight to heaven. Well, according to Fred Hickson on the instant chat on YouTube, the pastrami recipe on AmazingRibs.com is indeed the best recipe on AmazingRibs.com. <laughs> Fred, thank you very much. Just said it. I'll send you your check tomorrow. So is this uh, something that needs to cure up? or can I? Just, so it just so happens, Meathead, that I have those corned beef and those prepackaged packages in my uh, refrigerator. So 
Do I have okay. to let them cure for a week or two or nope. three or what? Nope. You don't got to do a damn thing. All right. You're going to pull them out of the cryovac. You're going to dump out all the liquid and the spices, throw them away. You're going to desalinate it by putting it in a pot with cold water, put it in the fridge. Yeah. You're going to change the water every couple hours, maybe overnight. Just going to pull a little bit of the salt out. It's right. too salty. Yeah. Then when you're ready, you're going to make up this rub. You're going to put this rub on and you're going to throw it on your smoker. And you're just going to smoke it like you would a brisket. Take right. it up to 190, 200 in that range. Yeah. Um, or if you wish, you can go the Katz's route. Um, and then you can take it up. You'd only have to take it up to about 150. You pull it out and put it in a steamer, mm. and the steamer really tenderizes. It makes it falling apart. Uh, it's your choice. If you if you smoke it and then slice it and serve it, you'll have a better bark. If you steam it, the bark will be softer, yeah. but the meat will be really fall apart tender. It's your choice. Either one will work. It is just bloody fantastic. Greg, remember when I told you how great lamb was? Yes. And you it registered, but you never took action? Right. Take action on the pastrami. I will. And, and like I said, there's two sitting right up in my refrigerator right now, so we'll be on top of brain. Now, as far as the steamer is concerned, is this like, a, can I use a steaming basket like I have for my big pot? or, or what? Like I don't have a steamer otherwise, I guess. Yeah, you know what I do? I just take a nine by thirteen um, uh, 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 a baking pan and put a rack in it. Mm -hmm. Pour some water in the bottom, put the meat on top, oh. and put tin foil over it. Oh, okay, so easy enough. That's it. All right. I mean, if you've got one of these big bamboo Chinese steamers, that's nice. I do not. Um, depends on how much you've got. If you've got only a little three pound piece of brisket, um, it'll fit in a regular, uh, you know, um, a double boiler uh, steamer. Uh, you figure it out. All right, sandwich you wise. You don't have to though. If you want, just just put it on the smoker and take it up to two hundred, two hundred three, whatever temp you like. It it'll be fantastic. All right. So now we have the pastrami done or the corned beef. Do you prefer from a, a sandwich standpoint, a bread? Is it toasted? Do we want sauerkraut? Do we want Thousand Island dressing? Do we mm -hmm. want a specific kind of yellow mustard? What are we looking at here? All right, well, your classic traditional um, is rye bread or a marbled bread, mm -hmm. um, mustard, and that's it. Now, that's what they serve it at Katz's. But if you're going to do a Reuben, you can make your Thousand Island. You can put your kraut on there. You can put some um, uh, Swiss cheese or Jarlsberg mm. uh, and toast the bread. Make a classic Reuben. It's fantastic. I mean, really, Reuben is, <laughs> I mean, maybe only peanut butter and jelly is the, a better sandwich. Yeah, I would even say Reuben's probably got one up on peanut I, butter and Probably jelly. one step up from peanut butter and jelly. It may be the best sandwich in the world. Yeah. And it's just fantastic. Um, now, I once was asked to do a demo, uh, not a demo, I was asked to serve food at a charity event. Uh-huh. And, and and I brought my 36-inch 30, Lang, same one you've got, right? Yep. I brought my 36-inch Lang. I pre-cooked pre uh, most of the uh, pastrami, and I, I got those little um, tiny loaves of um, pumpernickel. Mm -hmm. They're just little squares, you know, maybe three inches by three-inch squares. I put a slice of pastrami on that, and then I made horsey sauce, uh, sour cream and horseradish. 
and uh, a couple other goodies in there and squirted a little of that because horseradish is really good on this stuff. And I just, you know, squirted on there so it looked like a, a, a gumdrop on top and they went nuts. Mm. I mean, I had all these, you know, mil uh, you know, three star chefs all around me and they, they were backed up at my table oh. just going nuts over the pastrami on rye uh, or pastrami on uh, pumpernickel with a little horsey sauce. All right, so if you have any questions about corned beef or pastrami or lamb, as we had talked about for the entire first segment, you head on over to AmazingRibs.com and get those recipes. If you want to see what me heads up to otherwise, uh, AmazingRibs.com. And then, of course, if you're really into it and you want even more interaction, you sign up for the Pitmasters Club, which is a little less than 24 bucks. And what's the deal that you have going on right now? Yeah, you know, you, Greg, you've been so nice mentioning the pitmaster club usually every time i come on very kind of you sure um i forgot to promote the idea that we have a free 30-day trial so i mean you've heard the pitmaster club mentioned by greg and others just come in and sign up for the 30-day trial and check it out yourself you get everything except the free meat thermometer that we uh, uh te meat, meat temperature guy reaching over your arm we got a, a really nice big old meat temperature guide that uh, yeah. members get if yeah. you can see it on the tv monitor and uh um we have a, a monthly giveaway a lot of um uh manufacturers uh have uh, grills and smokers up to two thousand dollars worth and you get to pick um the good one uh pit barrel mac um some really good products there and if you win the lottery um your chances are one out of 1,600, 16,000 members, yep. but it's every month. So one out of 16,000 times 12. So you've got a pretty good, I mean, it's a heck of a lot better than the state lottery and you can win a $2,000 grill or smoker. Um, you won't be eligible for that if you take the 30 day trial until you pay. But um, it's a, uh, the, just go to AmazingRibs.com and click on the button that says about the Pitmaster Club and read about the benefits. 5% of our Profits, uh, excuse me, five percent of the revenue, gross revenue goes to uh, Operation Barbecue Relief. Nice, um, and we also support um, smokeless uh, uh, grills for third world nations through the United Nations and a few other things. So, cool, cool, cool place. A lot of fun stuff there. Amazingribs.com, and on the second Tuesday of each and every month for the past. 10 years or whatever it's been, uh, Meathead right here on this show. Meathead, always appreciate the time. Greg, it's always fun talking to you and the Centralites, and thank you very much, and we'll see you next month. All right, there you go. Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. That's right. Try to check out Pitmasters Club, for crying out loud. Why not? Of course. 24 bucks for the year, not uh, every month. 24 bucks for the year. All right, let me talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue. Their curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies will get you on your path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at barbecue. I'm sorry, BigPapaSmokers.com has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself from award-winning rubs and sauces to American-made grills and smokers. Big Papa Smokers has something you need 
to make you a better outdoor cook. You into rubs? Who's not? They have some of the best rubs on the market right now. Popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, Little Louis Season Salt, Double Secret Steak Rub. How about 13 perfectly balanced flavors that transform ordinary meals into extraordinary? They have a great relationship with Steph Franklin and the folks over at Simply Marvelous Barbecue. Put them together, and now you have the West Coast offense dominating the competition scene and backyards for years. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce. If you're looking for a new go-to sauce, Granny's is the one you're going to want to try. They have Granny's and other top-rated barbecue sauces at BigPapaSmokers.com. And aside from the premium selection of rubs and sauces, they also offer the very best pellet charcoal and wood cookers available today. Looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use? Check out the Mac 2-Star General Pellet Grill. Big Papa Smokers, the exclusive Mac dealer, even offers special packages. If you're not a fan of the pellet smokers, no problem. Take a look at the Old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. And if you're a backyard barbecue enthusiast looking for a durable and versatile grill that will last forever, the M Grill from Texas is just what you need. They're built like tanks. If you're not sure of what grill you need, you really can't go wrong with anything featured on the website. They have something for every kind of backyard cook and budget. So look, it's clear that Big Papa's is the place to go for all things barbecue. Every product featured on the website, hand-selected to help you barbecue better. Boost your barbecue skills with the help of Big Papa Smokers, the number one online barbecue store. Call them toll-free with any questions, 877-828-0727, or shop the website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. Back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. And we thank Meathead from AmazingRibs.com for joining us last segment. It's not really ducking out as well as I thought it was going to. A lot of pastrami talk, a lot of corned beef talk, a lot of lamb talk. I didn't know we were going to go that deep. I mean, I definitely knew we were going to be talking about lamb since it was my idea to usurp the original topic right off the bat. But he knew about it. I didn't know we were going to go a whole first segment on lamb, but I'm glad we did. I learned a little bit more about it again, and I saw some messages coming in through the instant chat saying, hey, I'm scared of lamb or never tried it. Don't know if I'm down with that. Uh, Look, I'm 44 years old. I think I've had lamb zero times before this past weekend. And now, at least for the recent past, I'm not too happy about that. I wish I would have been down with it. Broadening the culinary horizons in the past three months or so. I've had Moulard Duck. Moulard? Yeah, Moulard. Not Mallard. Moulard. Difference. And now Lamb. Look at me, Stephen Reichlin. I'm winning at this culinary game of life. Josh Poston weighs in. I'll eat lamb when all of the cows are gone. 
Fair enough. I think you might like it. It's pretty good. All right, we're back with the second hour. Stick around. Be right back. <laughs> 